Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of St. Mark chapter number 6. St. Mark chapter number 6 this morning. Mark chapter 6, begin reading with verse number 45. The Bible says that immediately he, or Jesus, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And When they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. For they had not understood about the loaves, because their heart was hardened. Look at verse 48, the first part says that Jesus saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. I want to talk to you a little while this morning about the struggle. Father, I thank you for the word of God today. Thank you that it is the bread of life. Thank you that it is our roadmap for living. Father, I just thank you for those that are here today. And Lord, I just sense in my heart and in my spirit that that there is someone and maybe several someones here today who they are going through the struggle. God, I just pray that you will help us today. Be with us today. Help us to recognize that you are already with us. Let your anointing be upon the message, the messenger. Give us ears to hear. God, may we apply that that we hear today to our everyday life. May we be better off today when we leave this room than we were when we came in. All for the glory of God we pray. And all God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. I don't have to tell you this morning that life is not always easy. That sometimes life is a struggle. The struggles of life come to us from many various and different directions. Sometimes we face marital struggles. A wife confessed to her best friend, she said, I broke my husband's favorite golf club last night. She said, oh, no. What did your husband say? He said, what hit me? (laughs) Sometimes we have marital struggles. Sometimes we have financial struggles. Husband was explaining to his wife that the rich 
were the haves and the poor were the have-nots. She thought for a moment and she said, but, but we're not rich or poor. So who are we? He said, well, we're the middle class. She said, who's the middle class? He said, they are the haves who haven't paid for it yet. Sometimes we face marital struggle. Sometimes we face financial struggle. Sometimes we face parental struggle. And the struggles of parenting never seem to end. It begins with those 2 a.m. feedings. Later, it's those 2 a.m. dates. For a while, you wonder. You wonder if you'll ever get your kid through high school. Later, you wonder, how in the world am I going to pay this college bill? Oh, oh, you get all teary-eyed thinking, oh, how am I going to handle the empty nest once they leave the house? <laughs> you cry even more when they move back in. <laughs> bringing their spouse and three kids. Let's talk about the struggle, the struggle. In the passage of Scripture that we read a moment ago, the disciples find themselves in the midst of a struggle. We'll talk about three things that I see in this passage. First of all, I want to talk about the storm. Let's talk about the storm. It's verse 47 and verse 48. It said, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing for the wind, the storm. The wind was against them. Three things I want to talk about concerning the storm this morning. First of all, let me suggest that storms are common. They're common. I want you to notice that all 12 of the disciples had to face the same storm. You see, storms don't play favorites. Storms aren't prejudiced. Storms come to every life in the form of one form or another. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 9 says that, Remember that, that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world, they are going through the same kinds of sufferings that you are. Storms are common. And yet sometimes in the midst of our storm, we start having a pity party. Kind of like Elijah had under the juniper tree where, where he thought he was the only one going through what he was going through. And God said to him, Hey, Eli, I've got 7,000, 7,000 who are in the same boat you are in. Listen, friend, if, if there are others who are staying afloat in their storm, then maybe I can stay afloat in mine. 
storms, they're, they're, they're common. But not, not only are storms common, but they're confusing. They're confusing. Storms are confusing. Verse 49. And when they saw him, when they saw Jesus walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost. Sometimes we get so confused in the storm that, that we can't tell the difference between Jesus and the devil. And often we rebuke what Jesus sent to us. See, I want you to notice that it was Jesus, not Satan, who sent them into the storm. I've heard people say going through, well, I know, you know, I... Got to be the devil. Well, maybe it is the devil. Could be. Might not be. You see, sometimes what we think is a bad thing in our life is actually a good thing. And sometimes a good thing in our life, we think it's a good thing when actually it is a bad thing. Usually when a... When a door closes to us, we usually begin to whine. We usually begin to cry. We usually begin to complain. And we tend to question God's love for us. And we begin to wonder if, if it really pays to serve God or not. You see, the truth of the matter is God knows what awaits us on the other side of that door. And he knows that we may not be ready for. He knows we may not be equipped to handle what is just behind the door. And we want the door to open so bad, so bad, so bad. We want the door to open for us, but the door does not open. It shuts for us. And we whine and we cry and we bellyache and we sing the blues. Oh, what's behind that door might be okay for us temporarily, but just maybe, just maybe God sees something way on down the line that would be detrimental to us. And so he slams the door shut. He locks and he bolts and he reinforces the door. And he does this not because that he's mad at us, not because he wants to disappoint us. He does this because he loves us. He does this because he wants to protect us. And besides all of that, he knows what's waiting for us behind door number three. And if he allows us to walk through door number one, or if he allows us to walk through door number two, we would totally miss out on the grand prize waiting behind door number three. Storms can be confusing sometimes. That's why we need to be very careful and very sensitive and very prayerful, asking God to help us discern who's behind this storm. It might be the devil. We might need to rebuke the devil, but it might not be the devil at all. Usually it's not the devil or God. It's usually our bad, dumb mistakes. That's another sermon. We need to be prayerful and discerning who's behind this storm and what it is God is trying to teach us as we walk through this particular 
storm. Well, not only are storms common and confusing, but they're also consequential. You see, the consequences of our storms are determined by how we react. The storms of life offer us two options. We can become bitter or we can become better. We choose whether whether the storm, we, we make the choice whether the storm will pull us closer or push us away from God. It's our choice. In the midst of the struggle, some people, some people run toward God. Oh, oh, they run toward God and they embrace God while others run away from Him. The consequences of our storm will be determined by our reaction to our storm. All right, we've talked a little bit about the storm. Let's talk a little bit about the saints. How did the saints, how did the How did the disciples react to the storm? Well, I see three separate reactions that came from the disciples in this particular situation. Let me suggest, first of all, they were annoyed. Verse 45 says that Jesus made, say made. Verse 45 says Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. You see, the disciples didn't go by way of volunteer. They were drafted. Jesus had to make them go. He had to insist on it. He gave them a choice. If they did not go, they would be in disobedience. See, Pastor, I wonder why the disciples were so annoyed. Why did they not want to go? Well, perhaps it wasn't so much that they didn't want to go as it was that they didn't want to leave. You see, they had just witnessed Jesus feeding 5,000 families all-you-can-eat fish buffet out of a little boy's lunchbox. Why would you want to leave success like that? And besides that, Jesus, their meal ticket, wasn't going with them. Perhaps another reason why they didn't want to go was the fact that the fishermen in this group of of disciples could tell by by discerning the sky, they could tell that the storm was brewing. And they knew that Jesus was sending them into a storm. Now, humanly speaking, I can see and I can understand why the disciples might be a bit annoyed. Let me ask you this this morning. Has God ever annoyed you? It's okay. He won't won't strike lightning on you. Has God ever annoyed you? Has Has God ever sent you into a storm? I'll never forget nearly 10 years ago now when my wife and I were candidating to become pastors of this church. 
I'll never forget, it was the Saturday night. You remember the drill, the three-hour drill, where I was drilled with about 575,000 questions, and it was only the grace of Johnny Showalter that came up and grabbed the mic and said, folks, enough. You remember that? And I'll never forget, as I walked out to my car, a woman followed me out, a member of the church, who's no longer a member of this church, she followed me out. She got in my face. And she said, I hope you know you are walking into a hornet's nest. Well, that'll put the joy of the Lord in your heart. <laughs> Has God ever sent you into a storm? How did you respond? Let me, let me tell you that nearly 10 years after the fact, I am extremely happy and grateful and thankful that Jesus sent me into this storm. Because the storm has been over for years now and all oh, the peace that we've enjoyed. Three responses of the disciples to the storm. They, they were annoyed. They were anxious. Anxious. Verse 48 through 50, he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea, and he would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost, and they cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Anxiety can be a terrible thing. Anxiety can cause you to see things that are not there. Anxiety can cause you to see things different than what they really are. Here's Jesus walking toward them on the water. And they think he's a ghost. Anxiety. Anxiety makes an ant look like a giant. It, it makes a, a molehill look like a, a mountain. It even, it even makes Jesus look like a ghost. Proverbs 12 and 25, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Let me ask you this question this morning. How many of you have ever said to yourself while experiencing a struggle, Why me? Why me? I'm a Christian. I pay my tithe. I go to church. I pray. I read my Bible. Why me? Listen, if anybody had a right to ask the why me question, it would surely have been the disciples. Oh, they, they were, they, they were handpicked by Jesus to be his personal associates. But let, let me give you a, let me give you a better question this morning. A better question to ask yourself this morning is, why not me? Instead of asking why me, ask why not me. You see, truthfully, to ask the why me question is a very arrogant question. All oh, the arrogance 
to ask the why me question. You see, when, when you ask why me, you are actually saying that you are better than everybody else. Oh, oh, I can see why it would why it could happen to Bill or Sally or Paul, but why me? Are you saying you are better than Bill or Sally or Paul? The truth of the matter is, struggles are actually good for us. I said struggles are good. What you're talking about, Willis? <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, Did I hear him say what I thought I heard him say? I know you never know what's going to come out of pastor's mouth, but did he really say that? Yeah. Struggles are actually good for us. Three reasons. Number one, they make you stronger. Amen. It's only the struggle that makes you stronger. Second reason, it builds your faith. It builds your faith. Amen. And number three, it reveals God's power. We're talking about the saints. How did they react to their struggle? They, they were annoyed. They were anxious. And then, and then the third reaction was they were, they were amazed. They were amazed. Look at verse 51 and 52. Then Jesus went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure. And marveled. As soon as Jesus got in the boat with them, the storm was over, and so was their struggle. And what was their reaction? They were, they were amazed. They were amazed. But I ask you this morning, why were they amazed? Why? Was this any greater of a miracle than the miracle that he had performed earlier in the very same day? Of feeding 5,000 families with five loaves and two fish? Was this any greater of a miracle than the blind seeing and, and the cripples walking and the dead? Being brought back to life? And they had already witnessed all of these miracles previously. And yet when Jesus walked on the water and when he calmed the storm, they were amazed. Listen, if Jesus could open blind eyes, if Jesus could unstop deaf ears, if Jesus could cast demons out of demon-possessed people, if Jesus could literally raise the dead, why couldn't he walk on the water? Why couldn't he calm a troubled and raging storm? But let me ask you this question this morning. If God has come through for you before, why do you doubt him now? It's not... The God of the past, also the God of the present. And will not the God of the present also be the God of the future? 
Oh, I know this morning in my spirit that somebody is struggling right now. Oh, the storm is raging in your life and it is a struggle. Oh, but I want you to be encouraged. No, God wants you to be encouraged today. Oh, be reminded of past struggles. Remind yourself of God's faithfulness to you in the past. I'm telling you that the God that did not fail you back then will not fail you today. Talking about the struggle today. The disciples were certainly involved in a struggle. We've talked about the storm and the saints. Let's talk about one more thing this morning. Let's talk about the Savior. Where was Jesus in all of this? Maybe a better question for us today is, where is Jesus when we are struggling? Well, three things this morning. Number one, he watches. Verse 48, he saw them. He watches. He saw them because he was watching them. Listen to me this morning, church. Jesus never takes his eyes off of us. He never lets us get out of his sight. Proverbs 15 and 3 says, The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. I've told the fellows on Saturday morning in my men's mentoring, I said, I might not win any awards as a husband or a father, but I think I might be nominated for the world's greatest pawpaw. I was sitting on the chair last night about 9 o'clock, and I looked over my wife. I said, I feel like crying. I don't cry very much. You know that. She said, what's the matter, baby? Well, you know, Krista sent us the picture of Ellie. That's supposed to help us. I saw that sweet little face and her and her papa just have something special going on. Amen. Sometimes I watch my granddaughters by myself. Some of you guys need to step it up. <laughs> Paul, Paul, P. Paul, Grandpa, Paul, Pops, whoever you are. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes I watch my granddaughters all by myself. And if I'm watching my granddaughters all by myself and we're in a public place, I never take my eyes off of them. Because I'm determined nothing bad is ever going to happen to them on my watch. And I never take my eyes off. I'm going to tell you something. If an earthly pawpaw can do that for his granddaughters, how about the Heavenly Father? I'm going through the struggle. I've got a struggle going on in my life right now. Where's God, Pastor? I'm going to tell you, He's watching today. He's watching. He's aware. He sees you. He never lets you get out of His sight. He knows where you are, he knows what you're facing, and he knows how you feel. He watches. But not only did the Savior watch, but number two, he waits. 
He watches and he waits. Verse 48. Then he saw them straining at rowing. The wind was contrary against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea. And he would have passed them by. Wow, that's always intrigued me. But let me tell you, friend, Jesus will never intrude on your struggle. If you want to continue to struggle, if you get some kind of sick satisfaction out of the sympathy that you receive in your struggle, if you're too proud to even admit your struggle, or too proud to even admit you need help in your struggle. Listen, Jesus will never intrude on your struggle. Only if you invite Him in. Only if you welcome Him. Only if you make Him feel needed and wanted and desired. Only then will Jesus get involved in your struggle. Three responses of Jesus to the struggles of the disciple. Number one, He watches. Number two, He waits. And number three, He works. 51, then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. In this particular instance, as soon as Jesus got into the boat with them, the storm was over. It doesn't always happen just like that. Sometimes Jesus calms the storm. And sometimes he calms the saint. Sometimes Jesus calms the saint's storm. And sometimes he calms the saint in the storm. I wish this morning that I could tell you if you'll just invite Jesus into your struggle that immediately, immediately the struggle will be over. Immediately the storm will be passed. I wish I could guarantee that, but I can't. Sometimes it happens. But not always. But either way, whether he calms the storm or calms the saint, Either way, the Savior works when He is invited to work. If we could get the musicians and singers back up real quickly and real quietly, please. Let me ask you this morning, what are you struggling with today? What is the nature of your struggle? Well, let me also tell you that the answer to that question doesn't really matter. Here's the question that matters. Why not invite Jesus into your struggle? Whatever the struggle might be, whatever the nature of the storm, it doesn't matter. Why not invite Jesus into your struggle? I promise you, upon the authority of the Word of God, I promise you, He's been watching. I promise you, he has been waiting. But only by invitation will he begin to work. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord today. I 
I believe from the very depth of my spirit today that this is a word from the Lord. Someone asked me before the service, Pastor, do you have a word from the Lord today? And I said, yes. And I believe I said it in truth. Father, I just pray today. It might be one, it might be twelve. I don't know, it doesn't matter. But there are people today that are going through struggles today. Perhaps there's even somebody here today and they've even thought about giving up and throwing in the towel and waving the white flag. But today in this very simplest of simple sermons, they have been reminded once again that there's someone that loves them, there's someone that cares for them. Lord, we're going to cry out to you today. We're going to invite you into our struggle. And Lord, whether you, whether you rebuke the wind, whether you rebuke the waves, whether you, whether you calm the storm, or whether you just calm us, either way, God, we know you're working. And either way, we desperately need you. If you're here this morning and you're going through a struggle, it doesn't matter what it might be. It might be physical, it might be financial, it might be marital. It might, it, it doesn't matter. The list is a mile long. Don't need to, it doesn't matter. But if you're struggling this morning, you're struggling today, but you want to invite Jesus into your struggle, you want to invite Jesus into your storm, if that is you today, I'm opening the altar and I want you to come first this morning. Get out of your seat and come down here this morning, right now, right now as we, as we wait in the presence of the Lord. God bless you. Some are coming, others will come now.